Well, it's another Friday, so it must be something to talk about. And it's uh, it's with Vaughn and uh, and Stuart and Rocky. Hi, Rocky. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. He, you know, I've oh. been out of town, and ever since I got back in town, he has not left my side. So, well, that's okay. He'll 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 be our official mascot for the show. <laughs> yep. So there he is, Rocky. All right. So how are how you, you been? You got you got away and you went up to the mountains for a little bit. Just got back from the mountains, which was so wonderful. The, although the temperature was a lot like it is here today, which is unusual, right? We're, we're having some nice, good, cool fall weather. What was now the the weather up there? You said was a little cooler. That's up in North Carolina. Uh, yes, up in and, the. Up in the, mm -hmm, so up was, in the Mountains was the, was the weather typical for up there this time of the year? Uh, actually, it was probably the prettiest weather we've ever had in the t almost 20 years I've been going. It was absolutely picture perfect. It was, you know, sunny skies, but cool, crisp air. Phil, Phil played golf several times with my dad, and he, he said it was like playing in air conditioning. It was just that kind of cool crisp air not too cold not too it was really really very very lovely nice weather and i know that we were gone almost two weeks and while we were gone here y'all got a lot of rain which made everything so green and plot when we came back everything looked so uh healthy and vibrant my flowers are blooming my everything's green and wonderful so and yeah, today we, we have some wonderful fall like weather were the, were the trees all changing color uh, up in the mountains not, there? Not yet in the mountains. No, no, no. Like maybe another two to three weeks. Oh, another, okay. another couple weeks maybe. And um, but um, but uh, yeah, I actually because this little teaser here of fall weather, I almost bought pumpkins yesterday because the grocery store has pumpkins all out, and I I almost did, but I I had a girlfriend of mine on the phone, and she said ah. I would wait just a little longer because you never know. We still could get those days that spike up into the 80s or 90s. So well, you, better get your, you better go get your pumpkins this week because they're going to start selling turkeys next week. Yeah, you're right. They, they yeah. Put, push everything so so they far do. in advance of the of the holidays. They do. They do. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll get my. I'm I'm a kind of a fall junkie. I love. I love everything fall. Me, me too. I mean, yeah. you know, I've I've mentioned it before. I I really do not care for the summer. I didn't care. I didn't care for the summers in Florida. I didn't care for the summers. Uh, it, actually, even in the Midwest, it would get very hot and humid in the summers. And yeah. we just we just went we went through maybe what four or five weeks of triple digit figures. Uh, mm -hmm. And over the last week or so, we a week ago it was in the nineties here, and then all of a sudden. It's been overnight in the 60s the last couple of days and all and the high in the 70s and all and it's absolutely delightful. It is. And I, I just like all that comes comes with fall, the, the the cooler weather. I agree. I mean, I like summertime, you know, but I prefer the fall just because I don't like the high temperatures that we tend to get here um in Texas anyway. But fall, not only the weather, but I love just decorating for fall and I love you know the traditions that we have in fall and just everything that comes with fall so you know the the flavored the flavored coffees at Starbucks um, 
you know, the, the, the pumpkin everything, pumpkin spice muffins and the pumpkin cookies. Yes. Yes. Red. Yes. Like summertime, you don't get those fun things. So I, I don't know. Like, so not just the weather, but just everything, um, you know, everything fall. So anyway, so I'm enjoying today, even though it might be just a little teaser. Um, it's nice. Cool. I have a sweatshirt on. It's, We've we've got family coming in this weekend, so we've got you know fun things planned, and so it'll be it'll be a good weekend. Mm -hmm. And there's, fun. I mean, this this week starting with today, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, uh, certainly, one of the things that 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 is on all of our minds today is because the day is nine eleven, uh, and it was uh, nineteen years uh, since the tragedy in New York and in Pennsylvania. Uh, and, you know, it never escapes our minds. It's hard to believe that it's 19 years ago. Um, uh, but, but you know, it's still on our mind. And unfortunately, uh, I know that you have commemorated the loss of your sister for every year since 9-11. Since uh, we usually have an outdoor ceremony. And because of COVID-19 this year, uh, that was made uh, into a video, I think that was released this morning uh, here uh, on the city's on the city site. Uh, but you know, I, I hate I hate to throw it in your in your lap and all, but I I know you well enough uh, to say you know what are what are your feelings today? You know, um, I'm so thankful and blessed to have the family that I have and the friends that I have because. My day always starts out with such thoughtful, beautiful, meaningful, sweet messages that I take as a true tribute to my sister, Lauren. But I also find all those messages, each and every one, very uplifting. And they bring me such peace and um, comfort and pride in knowing how my sister has been remembered all these years. So people might not realize a small gesture like sending a quick text message or even maybe a card in the mail, how much power um, words can have in terms of bringing somebody like I said, peace and comfort and some happiness on a, on a day like today. So my day always starts out like that every year. And this is year 19, like you said, and those messages have not slowed down at all. And in fact, new people that I have met along the way have even extended their personal thoughts and, and, you know, reached out to me, people who, you know, didn't know me back then um, and didn't even know my sister, um, just knowing our story, they feel um, connected at, because, you know, we all um, remember that day and we all have our story, our own stories to tell whether you lost a close loved one or not. We all have a, a connection to that day. And so, so today I've been receiving those messages and I, respond to each and every one. Um, and um, like you said, I, I have certain things that I do, uh, I have that have become tradition for me on that day. Um, I'm always with my family. Uh, my kids are coming home because there's nothing, there's nothing more important to me than my family. Um, 
so we'll be together and we'll we'll stay active and and we'll we'll laugh and we'll maybe share stories but we'll um be together and we do traditionally here in frisco since i've been here um as you know i'm a member of the uh, frisco garden club and many years ago um we uh, were we built a memorial in in frisco freedom meadow right. and usually there is a ceremony there which we attend live um, with guest speakers and musicians and um, it's a beautiful ceremony. The firemen come and they do their traditional spraying of the, of the wildflowers. And it's, um, it's, it's uh, very spectacular. Um, under the circumstances, like you said, because of COVID, we are doing this ceremony live, or excuse me, virtually this year. And so um, whether you're local or out of town listening, you can um, go to the Frisco website and um, you can uh, find the, you know, the, the Freedom Meadow um, Frisco, you know, uh, 9-11 Memorial that will be, uh, that can be viewed um, virtually this year, which is, you know, unfortunate that we can't all be together and attend in person, but it's kind of nice for people who've never, who've heard us talk about it over the years, but because right. they're out of town or whatnot, or not able to, even if they're in town, not able to go, they can now attend this year. So that's somewhat of a pro to the circumstances that they'll be able to at least, and they're gonna kind of piece together parts of old ceremonies um, and they'll still have some speaking and, and whatnot. But if you just go to the Frisco uh, website, um, city of Frisco website, uh, you'll find Freedom Meadow, just Google national or you know the 9-11 Memorial and you'll be able to view the ceremony and remember all those we lost that day uh, pay tribute to, to them and um, watch the ceremony. And um, for me, also another thing is I obviously remember and think of my sister every um, every day, and I live my life in honor of her. But um, but there there are certain things that you can do on a day like today to pay respect. Um, whether it's if you have a local memorial, go visit it. Um, you know, obviously keeping your social distance this year and wearing your mask and following the new guidelines and restrictions. But if there is a local memorial or somewhere that honors those that we lost on 9-11 or, or all those we've lost through any acts of terrorism, um, go and pay your respects. Um, go and have a moment of silence. Um, or even if it's just home in your backyard, take a moment to reflect. And everybody has their own personal way of kind of um, getting, you know, kind of um, doing, to, doing today. Um, and for me, I have my own personal things. Um, one thing that my sister and I used to do a lot of when we were together is we would get massages. And um, I don't know that I can get a massage today under the circumstances. I typically would take time out to do that and you know, lunch with a friend or whatnot. But um, I, I have uh, more you know, other creative things that I, I've got going on today. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I watched the ceremony in Shanksville um, Shanksville, Pennsylvania is where the plane went down, uh, United Flight 93, which is what Lauren was flying that day. And she um, and I watched the ceremony. Uh, President Trump was in attendance um, um, and I think he did a great job speaking on behalf of, uh, um, you know, his his wife and um, all the other kind of dignitaries who were there. And he and he said all the right things. And I thought it was a a beautiful message. He, he was well spoken, and um, um, everything looked very nice there. They 
They were socially distancing the people who were in attendance. Um, so I did watch that this morning and um, it was it was very nice. I do believe that it was shortened. Uh, the ceremony in, in years past has been um, a little longer. So I think they just tried to shorten it. Maybe there weren't as many um, kind of songs, song musicians, things of that nature. They they perhaps they took a little bit of the fluff out just to shorten it to keep time constraints to the whole program to be to be time sensitive. But it was very nicely done. And if you missed it, um, I'm sure you could YouTube it and find it. You could probably find the one in New York as well. Um, so I think they're having ceremonies. Well, they are having ceremonies everywhere. They're just modifying. Yeah, I think, and, and there's ceremonies all over the country. I, I think. You know, going along with what you said, the the important thing is is that the best way to remember is to never forget, uh, and 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 it's important now because you stop and realize nineteen years ago that's a whole new generation yes. is is learning about that 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 tragedy nineteen years ago, and it affected not only so many families who had loved ones uh, in the towers or on flight 93, but also those first responders whose families have been affected over the years uh, through their diligence and doing their job when it, when it happened. So it's, it's like the pebble in the, in the brook uh, theory. It just kind of, kind of rippled, rippled out, but we, we do remember it. In fact, I believe that, that today is, has been kind of deemed Patriot day uh, and re, to remember you know the the events of that that day, and it's important that we do. And and as Vaughn said, wherever you are in your own little way, just take take a moment, and 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 a moment of silence in your own way, and with your family or or by yourself, and and just be thankful for for what we have, and and be appreciative of of those that gave their their the ultimate sacrifice uh, that many years ago. It's it's important to remember. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so happy day to you and have, I hope you have a good day today, whatever you and Lauren have planned for the day or the weekend. I hope it's something. Yeah. Special. I think we're going to just, I want to just try and get outside a little bit more. You know, it, it when it's 95 degrees out there and you, you know, you got a little bit of yard work to do, you're not as motivated to do it, but on a day when it's, you know, in the sixties or, or low seventies, you say, well, maybe I'll go out there and do a little bit of clipping and, uh, and, and be, be useful. <laughs> so, yeah. so. Well, that's another thing you can do. Go out there and be active and productive and, you yeah. know, do, yeah. do something that makes you happy and feel fulfilled. And, um, yeah, uh, try to, yeah, I think I always said from the very, very beginning that I, I like to turn negative into positive. And so, you know, like my dad always says, go out there and make today a great day. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, just, uh, that, that's a good, your dad has always had a lot of wisdom. I always liked the, the, the things that he said, you know, and, uh, well, you know, another you. issue that's been going on that we've all been following. And that has just been these, these just devastating fires on the West coast of the country that uh, just, you know, yeah. one day it was, it was uh, 50 fires and then it was 150. And the last I heard was almost, uh, close to a thousand different fires all the way from from Southern California to to uh, the state of Washington. Uh, so much so 
that there just were not enough firefighters to to fight these fires, whether they were contained or not. The, the manpower that it takes to cover hundreds of fires and the loss of so much uh, uh, commun- in, in the community areas and the, the uh, emergency services that were needed, a call went out to the rest of the country and right here in, in, in our own city of Frisco, Texas, and some of the surrounding cities of Plano and Allen, uh, a lot of firefighters were dispatched to go out to to California. And uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Battalion Chief Jake Leeper uh, from the Frisco Fire Department because I've been in touch with him. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, they sent out a uh, a crew out to help with the fires in, in California. And I have an, an update and I'm going to just take a moment and, and, and read what, what he, he wrote back. Uh, he said, yes, we do have some firefighters in California. Uh, assisting with wildfire response. Below is a short summary of their status as of today, and this was yesterday he, he got to me. Uh, it's a two, fi- uh, uh, two Frisco firefighters along with two Plano firefighters deployed to California on August 23rd as part of a Texas intrastate fire mutual aid system response that, indica- that included multiple departments from across Texas. Our personnel were assigned to the Lightning Complex Fire, a large wildfire spread across multiple counties that started on August 18th. This is what, almost a month ago? Right. Our personnel assisted with uh, patrolling fire lines and mopping up hotspots. The fire is reported to be 97% contained today and has consumed over 395 thousand acres on september 9th our personnel were reassigned to the oak fire in mendocino california that fire is reported to be 25 percent contained and is over 850 acres in size relief crews were currently being organized in texas to deploy to california this weekend and the personnel in california will return home over the weekend or early next week after approximately 21-day uh, deployment. So uh, from from Vaughn and I to, to all of our firefighters and to our, our fire staff here in, in Frisco, we can't thank you enough for what, what you've done to, to go out to California to, to assist in these uh, fires that, that really almost have the upper hand. They are they're fighting day and night. Uh, so it's, it's incredible what they're doing and we wish them, we wish them Godspeed and the best of luck, uh, and stay safe while you're out there, uh, uh, helping, helping the, uh, the other firefighters. So that was, uh, absolutely something, something I just, I, I wanted, I wanted to share that. A lot of craziness going on right now. Yeah. You know, every time you turn around, it's something else. And, uh, and I don't know whether they've ever determined whether some of them were human, human error or just uh, started from uh, lightning strikes uh, or what, but uh, well, I had, I correct me if I'm, I, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I had heard or read somewhere or seen a post or somewhere that one of the fires was started by um, a, a gathering, I guess, where a, they were kind of doing the um, gender reveal. Do you know how, People do gender reveals where they um, do different things to 
tell everybody uh, make the announcement whether or not they're having a whether they're having a boy or a girl right and i guess something i thought happened with a gender reveal where they were shooting something off and it set fire to what started one of those fires I, I that's what i remember seeing or hearing someone can correct me if i'm wrong on that yeah the, I, I, that would be a very bizarre freak thing but on the news, they were covering some of it, and a lot of it was getting close to the ocean. And there were people in campgrounds up in the mountains uh, that were near near water, and the fire moved so fast that they were just dirt roads leading in, and some people got trapped there. Uh, and the firefighters had to go to try and rescue them either by air or by ground. Uh, many of the people got in their campers, packed up everything, and headed down right on the beaches they 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 just accommodated as many vehicles as they possibly could down on the beaches because of course if the fires were to go to the to the ridge lines and everything it would not go down into the sand areas uh so, you know we we sometimes take it for granted uh what we have where we live uh and all I have, I have relatives that are in Portland, Oregon, and I've been texting with them every day because I just saw that there was something like 500,000 people were, were being displaced from their homes because of the fires. And even though they are in the Portland area and, and uh, did not have the immediate threat of the fires, they were saying that the air quality out there is so bad that uh, that people are have a very difficult time going out because of of breathing in all of that 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 uh, you know imagine. hot air. So it's you know it's again, it's like another problem. You know yeah. what what else what else can happen? Yeah, and where are all those people going? I had, I had heard hundreds of thousands were being evacuated. I think in the Oregon area, but where do you go, especially under the you know, current situation with COVID, they're all being evacuated. There might be people who are not comfortable leaving their homes, but yet they're under mandatory evacuation. Where do you go? What, you know, I mean. Well, and as you, as you leave uh, Washington and Oregon and California and head East, which is about the only way you can head because only so many, many people can get to the shore. Uh, so they head East you're heading into more forested areas in Utah and Montana and, and northern Nevada. That's all, you know, mountainous country that is covered with with uh, a forest. Um, so it's like like you just said, where where do you go? Yeah, I mean, my my in laws were down, live in Galveston, and um, what was the name of the hurricane that just came through? Harry uh, 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 Harold. Uh, was it Laura? Oh, Laura! In in the in the uh, in the in the Gulf. Yeah. Yeah. There was Marcos, and then there was Laura. Okay, so Laura. Anyway, so we were encouraging my in-laws to to evacuate from Galveston, and they opted not to because you know they're they're older, and first of all, both of you know, born and raised on the island, so they're familiar with they are they've been through these storms before. I think that under normal circumstances, they probably would have evacuated, but because of COVID and all of that, they were not comfortable leaving their home. They've been very strict with their quarantining. And 
So they boarded up their windows and they gambled that it wasn't going to be as bad as, you know, and, and it fortunately was not. But there is just a perfect example of how making a decision on whether or not to evacuate your home due to weather like that. And in this case, we're talking about wildfires, but it, 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 it makes the decision so much more complicated and, and scary for some of these people to think, you know, I have friends who don't even want to stay in hotels right now. Um, yeah. Who don't even want to really go anywhere other than maybe the grocery store. And my in-laws have been very strict to where they don't, they're still doing pickup from the grocery store. They will run in and run out only if there are items that they didn't get from their curbside pickup. So, you know, you, 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 we all are just hearing these numbers, hundreds of thousands are being evacuated. I can speak to a personal example of how that's not an easy decision to make. Also, the amount of work, physical work that goes into leaving your home. My mother-in-law was even explaining how to leave her home would have been very physically um, intense for them. My father-in-law has an oxygen machine. They would have to load up the car, bottles of water. And getting off the island alone was very uh, kind of a, a very scary thought to be stuck in that traffic. And and so not an easy decision to make, to, to evacuate. But then you think about these people who then might stay home and then their fire or you know, their house gets caught. It's, it's, it's a very... Um, when you really start to think about the details of what's happening, there's so much more than just fires in the surrounding area. Everybody leave. There's so much more to it physically and mentally. Yeah. You know, and, and you think about, well, am I prepared? You have to have a plan. Uh, they, they no, have, have an exit plan, not only an exit plan from your house, but from your community. Uh, if you live, if you live in a community that has a main entrance, and the fire is at the main entrance. Now, what do you do? You have to make sure that you have an alternate plan um, and have a place to go, some some place that can 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 and help you. Sure, there's always instances where you decide, okay, we're just going to pack up the important papers and grab a suitcase and fill it with w what we need and get out of town. Your neighbor says, you know what? I ain't going to do it. I'm just going to stay here. And if I have to, if I live in my bathtub for the next two or three days, I'll do it. Right. Um, yeah. It's a decision, but whatever the decision is, you should have a plan of what you're going to do. Um, you know, we, we get, we get storm seasons every year. We usually, you know, we don't know the intensity, but the hurricane season comes at the same time every year. The tornado season here in Texas and across Oklahoma and the Midwest comes about the same time every year. You go, you stockpile a little bit on your canned goods and on your bottles of water and and, and things like that. You, to, just to be just to be prepared. Yeah, yeah, and it, I mean, you should. You know, you don't want to live your life in panic and and like, fear, right? But to your point, and I think twenty twenty has really emphasized the importance of being prepared for the very unexpected, <laughs> because I think in 2020, we are experiencing so many unexpected kind of situations <laughs> um, that I think moving forward, people will now forevermore be more prepared 
uh, from little things to big things than they ever have been before because I think 2020 made us realize, wow, you know, don't ever say, don't ever say never, <laughs> because never say never, because right. you know, and 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 also you sometimes think you're prepared. And then all of a sudden things happen that you realize that you maybe weren't as prepared as you thought you were. You right. may have to modify your, your, your thoughts about it. Yeah, absolutely. I have a friend who um, for many, many years has, I don't know, always been preparing for, I don't know what, but she's always kept very um, a good supply of just essential things in her garage canned goods and uh, waters, I guess. And I don't know, like paper products. I, I don't know specifically what, but I know that she's always said to us before that it's just something that she, that always made her feel comfortable just making sure she was prepared for uh, the apocalypse. I don't know. <laughs> so, right. but you know, I tell you what though, I thought about her back in the beginning of all this quarantine stuff. I thought, well, if I, if I need toilet paper, I know who to go to <laughs> that, because that, she was prepared before toilet paper ever became a problem. I don't know. So I think there are some people that probably always had it in the back of their mind that, you know, to, to I don't know, maybe I don't want to say that they're paranoid, but uh, maybe a little bit. Well, it could be a temp, a temporary paranoia too. I mean, especially when you, you, you when this whole pandemic hit and you realize that number one, all the water in the in the in the stores disappeared. All the toilet paper, all the tissue paper, the the paper towels, all paper products just like disappeared. And right after that was the Lysol and the the hand sanitizers and anything to keep things clean and 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 and, and safe. And you realized that it wasn't a temporary. They were going to be out of it temporarily. It was it was a, a few weeks before you even started to see some of those things back on the shelf. And then when you went, there were limits in the stores as to what you could get. Uh, so, there, somebody there still uh, are. There still are. Yeah. Uh, some somebody posted somebody posted, I think it was just day before yesterday. They don't understand that you cannot find a can of Lysol anywhere. But when you turn on the TV, you keep seeing ads about how good Lysol is to clean your surfaces during this time of the pandemic, but you can't find the product anywhere. You can't order it online. It's, it's just not to be had right now. I, um, I happen to be, and I haven't been able to find Lysol or you know, spray Lysol, disinfected spray or, or the wipes or, or, uh, antibacterial wipes, not for your hands. You can find wipes for your hands. Yeah. But I'm talking about the surface sure. wipes. And um, fortunately, prior to all of this, all of this, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I tend to uh, clean a lot like Lauren. Lauren and I are yeah. <laughs> kindred spirits there. Um, and so I have a lot of Clorox wipes already in my house because I, I would buy from Costco. Uh, they come in big, long tubes of six in a pack, I think five or six. So every bathroom here, every, you know, the kitchen, laundry and whatever. So I was pretty well stocked to begin with, but 
when it became forbidden fruit, I really wanted to get more and I could never find it. Never. And, and since March, I've not been able to find Lysol spray or Clorox wipes, but I've been okay. Cause I had a, a, a supply uh, previous to this whole thing. Well, the other day I just happened upon, I, I, when I'm at the grocery store, I'll always take my cart over to the cleaning product aisle and take a peek down the aisle just for the fun of it. The other day, just a couple days ago, I had just come from the mountains and I went to the store and I looked down the aisle and I couldn't believe my eyes. There was, I don't know, there were maybe like a half of a shelf of Lysol spray. Wow. And a uh, even more um, like of, um, um, help me, uh, not Clorox, but a an off-brand disinfectant wipe for the service for service. And there was a woman on the aisle and we looked at each other and I said, is we could take one of each or one of like, can you take one Lysol and one, one wipe or is it just one of one of both of them? Or is it one? Of yeah. And she said, well, I don't know. She said, but I'm going to grab both and they'll just tell me at the, so I said, well, I'm going to do the same thing. So we were jumping for joy on the cleaning aisle at, you know, Market Street. And I got up to the aisle and I said, is it, one of both of them or one of each item? And she said, one of each item. So I walked out of there with a Lysol spray and antibacterial wipes for the surface. And she said, we can't, she said, I can't believe it's still back. She said, we just put it on the shelf. She said, it'll be gone in 30 minutes. You would have, you would have thought you just won the lottery. I got lucky. I got lucky. Isn't that silly? <laughs> but I know. Um, but that's, I know, but that's something we will never forget, right? We're not going to forget so much of this. I mean, Phil and I were walking into um, Home Depot yesterday and both of us just had our masks. Uh, we just, we've gotten into kind of a, uh, ha like a habit of just getting out of the car and we put our mask on our wrist. Cause here in Texas, it can be so hot. We don't put it on in the parking lot. We put it on right before we're going in the door. Right. But we have it on our wrist, just like, and then right when we're approaching the door, put it on, come out, put it on our wrist. It's such, it's becoming just like a normal thing to just have it on our wrist. And um, I said to Phil, I said, I just forget that I even have it on. Because um, we have nice cloth, you know, cloth ones that are comfortable. And I don't know, it's just going to be very interesting when we get past all this to think back to things that became normal. Because if you think about this, back in March, I never, if you would have said, are we still going to be doing this in September with the whole mask and the washing and the, you know, I would have said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just shocked still when I think about how many months we've been doing this. It's, it's, it's not surprising that we're all becoming very used to a different, and we're going to like, we're going to have to like, when we're done with all this, have to reshift gears to go back to not grabbing our mask. I bet a lot of us are going to walk into stores with masks on, and people are be like, "You don't have to wear that anymore." I don't know. I can't wait for that day to get here. Yeah, but you know, you kind of wonder when, when, when things start to normalize again. You know, is there going to be a specific date? They're going to say, "Okay, as of this date, you don't have to wear masks anymore." I, I know. I don't know. You know, senior citizens like myself, we probably whatever date that they set, we'll probably still be wearing them. Uh, for, for safety's sake, and then, but it, instead of it be being mandatory, it will now be voluntary for a while. Right. Uh, I got into a discussion with some people the other day, and and we said, "Do you think we're ever going to greet each other with a hug 
and with a handshake again, or are we always are we going to just going back to fist bumping and, and elbow yep. bumping uh, that we just won't feel comfortable again about shaking hands? Or if we do, are we going to get in the car and 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 use some hand sanitizer yeah. and all after after you know hugging and greeting people? It's going to set a whole new standard for us. And I, yeah, and I agree. And I think a lot of that's going to be a, a personality thing. You know, my mom and dad, I was just with them in the mountains and they have certain rules and as well and guidelines and wearing the mask to your table and then sitting down and take it off, whatever. But they're very, com they seem very comfortable. They see friends of theirs that they haven't seen maybe in a while and my mom will give a hug and so I don't know. I mean, I just think it's a personality thing. And then you might have somebody else who is not as comfortable and that's okay. You know, people, I have heard people say, are you hugging? And ask the question first before they initiate any kind of personal contact. And some people are like, yeah, I'm hugging. Sure. I'm hugging. Yeah. And other people are like, no, no, I'm not hugging or touching or getting anywhere close to you. So I think a lot of it is going to be what new details and facts come to us um, in terms of how we're able to treat this and whatever. And then a lot of it will be a personality thing. You might have somebody who gets information that the whole thing's over. Everybody's good. Treatment's out there. Vaccine is in place. But all of that. And that person still might be reluctant to sure. move forward. Um, they might, like you said, keep it as a voluntary thing. As long as it makes you feel more comfortable to not touch and keep your mask on, then do that for however long. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a slow return to whatever normal is going to be going to be down the road. And it could be it could be six months. It could be a year from now. Uh, but oh. anyway, <laughs> you know, tell me it's a year from now. Well, one one other thing before we have to have to blast off and everything, I want to just remind the the people uh, locally as well as across the state of Texas that uh, next next Thursday uh, on the uh, the is that seventeenth I think is the uh, uh, North Texas Giving Day, and what this is for those that are are listening and watching us from the rest of the country is one day each September uh, there is a a one day event. Uh, called North Texas Giving Day, where all the nonprofits uh, uh, just reach out and ask for, for donations. This year is probably going to be the biggest challenge ever. Uh, first of all, there are over 3,000 nonprofits that are, are part of North Texas Giving Day. That in itself presents a, a problem. But a lot of them are everything from from uh, pet shelters uh, to uh, shelters for those that uh, have have uh, uh, become homeless. A lot of them are food banks. A lot of them are cancer uh, uh, research organizations. A lot of them are church organizations. Uh, there's quite uh, the the arts. You know, the arts have been devastated over the last six months. With theaters shutting down, uh, both both acting theaters as well as movie theaters, uh, uh, music venues, bars, and restaurants being shut down—it's such such a, a terrible blow to all of those. 
Uh, I have been in touch with some of the veterans organizations uh, that, that really need funds in order to pass those along to those that are homeless and in need. They're all going to be reaching their hands out saying, please, to, to, to donate. Uh, so my message to, to the public, those that are watching and listening, is to, to sit down between now and next Thursday and, number one, determine how much you can give. You know, that, that's number one. You know, if you say, all right, listen, I will, I will give up to $200, okay? Then determine, do I want to give $20 to 10 different organizations or do I want to give $50 to my top four organizations or a combination of that? And sit down with a piece of paper. You can go online to the North Texas uh, Giving Day.org, I believe it is, and you can just you know, browse through all the various organizations. Personally, knowing what's going on with some of our veteran needs, uh, what's going on with the arts across the board, the the, the community arts uh, uh, organizations, uh, they are in need. The hospitals, the children's uh, cancer research, uh, the, the uh, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, various organizations are in need. You can go on, on 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 that day, and you can look and see how it's going. And some of these that are are looking just to raise five, six, seven thousand dollars, and all because that's what they need to cover some of their their costs. Uh, and they've only raised sixty or seventy dollars. You might want to consider that. But it's an important day, and it's something that that those that are not in our listening area, uh, it's something that maybe look into what you can do in your communities. Doesn't necessarily mean that you have to wait for a day that everybody is, is reaching out. Uh, just if you've got a few dollars to, to, to share, do it. Pick, pick the organizations that mean something to you and, and send them a donation. Because frankly, I don't know of anybody that is sitting back and saying, listen, we got all the money that we need right now. We, we can't really handle any more. Uh, because we're maxed out. It's yeah, and, I, and you you bring up a good point to obviously, like you said, the arts, you know, museums, musicians, artists, and uh, local uh, local uh, organizations like that can certainly use the help right now. But also, um, small businesses, um, small businesses. There was a commercial on the other day of an organization helping support small businesses and helping keep them in business. Um, if you can, and if you feel comfortable and in any way that you can support them in a way that you do feel comfortable, try to support the small businesses um, in your local community, I think is such an important uh, focus, uh, should be an important focus of ours right now. Yeah, and, and I will also share with our, our audience, there is a site called Charity Navigator. Uh, and if you are looking into donating to a charity, you can go to Charity Navigator and most mid to larger size organizations and all. There will be information as to what percentage of your dollar that you donate goes to the, the program, what goes to fundraising costs, and what goes into uh, overhead costs to maintain their offices. Uh, and some of those, it'll, it'll surprise you. Uh, some of them, you know, for every dollar, maybe only 60 or 70 cents of your dollar actually goes to to the people that need it. And everything else is is covered in those overhead and fundraising costs. 
Uh, there are others where 95% or more goes directly uh, to the people that need it. And, and do a little bit of diligence and do a little bit of research. Uh, and, all. and again, uh, I don't want to take anything away from the major organizations like, you know, the, the uh, American Cancer Society. I'll use that as, a, as an example. They're a great organization. But if you've got a local chapter of the American Cancer uh, Foundation uh, or a local cancer, uh, uh, you know, of, uh, nonprofit, consider giving locally too, because they will have they they can benefit from your donation better than it being put into a large national national pot. Uh, I don't mean again. I don't mean to uh, to take anything away from American Cancer, but things like Salvation Army. There are a lot of of local organizations that do need some different different uh, help too. The local food pantries cannot say enough about the need. There are so many people that have been displaced, so many people that are out of work, either permanently or temporarily right now, and they've got a family to feed, and they are running out of their funds, and they are not getting some of the unemployment help that they need to put food on the table. And there are people that are going to food pantries that never thought in their lives they would ever have to do that. So the food pantries are being depleted and they need they need help. And it sure is a heck of a lot easier to send a $20, $30, $50 donation for them to get what they need than for you to go to the store and buy canned goods and 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 deliver it. Take take the easy route. Let them get what is most getting what's most needed. So uh, you know, I'm, 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 that's my that's my uh, soapbox. <laughs> but, but you know, it's 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 become more important, and 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 this is not just in our in our area. This is nationwide, everywhere. Now look what's going to happen out in California because of the firefighters, uh, the, the the fires that are going on there. So many uh, millions of people are being displaced. They're going to have a need. So that's where the the American Red Cross. Uh, becomes and and if you can get to the California chapter of the American Red Cross to help, right right there, do it. You don't have to live in California. You can live anywhere to help them in their in their time of need. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 uh, you know, we live in troubled times, Vaughn. Uh, and, and you know, we, we, need, we need to lock arms and, and work together uh, and where there is a need, help out. Well, and, and again, you know, you might think of these troubled times as being so big that you can't even put your mind around it or so big that you can't make a difference. But if, if you just look at the one little, if you look at one little piece of it, what what one little thing that you can do you know, that makes a big difference because if everybody just did a little bit, then, you know, it would add up to a lot. So I think you make a good point. And I think the message needs to be said and heard. And um, I think certainly on a day like today, it's um, it's good to think about how can we how can we um, influence our society positively? How can we influence? How can we? you know, be, be a good, just make good choices and, and choices that will positively influence those around us. And that's right. By get like what you said, one way is by giving to those who are in great need right now. 
And so I think it's important for people to, to think about that. And just continue to make a difference. And I, I think that's probably a good way for us to, to wrap up the show is just to, to make a difference uh, with your family, your friends. I wish you and your family the very, very best, especially today, Vaughn. Uh, pass along my thoughts to your, to your folks uh, and to your family. And uh, I hope all of you uh, w- have enjoyed spending a little bit of time with Vaughn and I again today. And we look forward to seeing you right here again next week. Go out and make it a good weekend and take care and be safe. Bye.